0: Biddy biddy. Biddy biddy ddy 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 ddy. Reload page. semi feed. Send feed. And the feed is here. Ah. Oh. oh. Raymond Van Dijk, good evening, Fish, Rich Wilson, Sean, Christina Oaks, Rick Faulkner, Dave Pritchard, Foyczek, uh, Rich Wilson, Gary Hoy, uh, Chrissy Sadry, catching up here, Dean Davis, good evening. Uh, Patrick Witters, Adrian Mason, Simon Farquhar, again, so here he is once more. Peter Schlecker from Bayern, Laura the Ward, Matthew Greenup, we're all back. Carol Lauretz Olsen, hi from sunny northern Norway. Evening fish from Alfred and Derbyshire again. Clive Goodwin, Pete Fox, Murray Wellwood from leong Nidri just down the road. Christian Drusen from Christchurch. Phil Collins, hello again, Phil. Uh, Alan Johnson, Chris Harris again, mate. Seth Severinson from Stockholm, Andy Lynn from the Thumberland. Martin Illingworth, here we go. Welcome to yet another of the Endless. Fishing Fridays. And I wish you a very happy Erdinger moment to one doll, one doll. Oh God, I'm scunnered today. I really am. I made a really bad mistake last night. It was a uh, very, 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 very drunk, I'm afraid. I didn't even know if I'd make this today. i just had a bowl of mushroom soup and some vitamins. And I'm still feeling bad. It was a it was a complete accident. This week has just been so, so stressful. Since we started doing the, the launch, it's been absolutely mayhem. It's uh, we've always been working just full out, full out. We couldn't we couldn't do anything faster than we're doing at the moment. And last night it was um, Adam, one of our um, one of our packers, um, who's been staying up here. Because the guys have all been staying in the cabin because of how we have to work at all and things so they've been staying up here for a week and um and it was his 18th birthday <laughs> hey, happy birthday Adam! and um so anyway there was um there was uh, jamie john jonathan, jonathan was here. Jo- it was jamie adam liam and uh what's been happening is uh occasionally at nights there's been a, a couple of nights where the guys I've, I've been playing music, so I've been, you know, it's like being like Fish and Friday Planet, rock job, and um, they asked me to play them some music, <laughs> and uh, we did one, we did a, a, a thing about a week ago, right, and because it was Adam's 18th birthday, he came up and uh, he, he asked if, if he, he asked, could you play some music tonight, please, right, and how could I turn them down on his 18th birthday? And we had a brilliant night. And uh, it was really interesting because Adam's dad, uh, who's now retired, um, we're roughly the same age, and he, was, he seemingly comes from Bonn So Adam's dad, if you're watching tonight, hi, we must meet. Um, I was playing some yes to Adam the last time, and he mentioned it to his dad. Uh, and his dad turned around, and, and um, it turns out he's a huge yes fan. And, um, and it looks like, we were going, we were all going to the same gigs together, although I've never met Adam's dad. But, um, he, I was probably the very first gig that I was at and what was it, 1975 at the Usher Hall, yes, on the Relayer tour. I said to Adam, that's your dad. She's probably there. So I played him last night. I played, um, Time and a Word, the version that I did, uh, with Steve Howe that was on the Songs from the Mirror album. And, uh, I said yes. Yeah, and because they'd get really into yes, it was like, they'd only heard Roundabout and um, on Spotify. And uh, so I played some stuff of Yes songs and things. And then, but last night, obviously, I played. I said, should You should hear this. I said, This is me working with Steve Howe. And I said, Steve Howe actually recorded here in this very studio. And it was like, <laughs> Great. It's nice being the old guy sometimes. It's, uh, but yeah, so um, last night I got completely bladdered. And um, it was just, like I said, it was, it was such a tough week. It was just an, a little fishy explosion that kind of had to happen and uh and the thing was right the thing was uh, oh god the thing was that my heed cd player um is is malfunctioning basically that the carriage isn't working on it and the trays got stuck and there's an album in there and i don't even know what album it is it won't load the guys have been absolutely brilliant and i've got to say a big thank you all where is it where is it right darren moore it's um this is uh darren moore audio elevation right and um mike <coughs> uh, mike bonnet uh phil connected distribution i got in touch with them two days ago and i said look i've got a real problem here i've got fishing friday coming up and i've got no cd player right and you will love the irony of this you will love the irony right so um they said no problem. So they said we'll send you up a brand new one, because I've got a kind of deal with them. And um, that's the the Heed CD player. I'll show you later on. And it's uh, audio elevation. I kind of I've got an endorsement deal with them for the the Parasound amp as well. And um, uh, so the heat went down, and they said <laughs> the heat went down. Yeah, it did go down. It's, uh, so the he, CD player went down two days ago, and like, and they said I'd been having issues with it. You even, you, you probably noticed, like, you know, it was, it's not me with my techie non or non-techie brain. It was the player, but no, it's got stuck and it won't load and it won't open. And uh, so they said agreed to send me up a, a, a new player, and it was supposed to arrive this afternoon. And I got the tracking number. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> I got the tracking number and then I couldn't use the tracking number because it wasn't, it kind of went UPS, I've got it out for delivery. Well, it's not arrived, right? And because the CD player was broken down, when the, the guys, when the, when my cabin, my cabin mice um, asked me to play music last night, I had to go to vinyl and it was brilliant. And it was the first time in a long time that I played nothing but vinyl. And we, we ran through it last night. I had, uh, they wanted to hear Yes. So I played them um, some stuff of Yes songs, which is one of my favourite albums of Yes. I think somebody asked me, what's your favourite Yes? I'm going, Yes songs. Because it's got all the great tracks on it. You know, and that era was my favourite era of Yes. <coughs> so it was Yes songs. Ricky Lee Jones Pirates, I played, uh, clo- closing at the night, it was Ricky Lee Jones Pirates album, Skeletons, I played for them. And we belong together showing the wonderful Steve Garden drums. And um what else did I have? Uh Carol King Tapestry which closed the night. And um but I played Gentle Giant. I played uh, So Sincere, Proclamation, um uh I played UK, Steve Hillage, Live Herald, of course the Salmon song. And um what else was the last night? It was loads of stuff. I was we were up till well, up till two o'clock in the morning and they were feeding. And uh, I was not feeding. Quite, well, I was. I didn't realise I was fading. I was so faded it was unbelievable. And uh, so I, I, I went to bed about two o'clock, half past two, and I woke up at ten o'clock this morning. And when I woke up, there was that sharp, horrible, realisation that I had to go and do an interview with BBC Scotland. And thank God it was pre-recorded. And it was with Roddy Hart. It was for um, uh, the Keyside, the Keyside Sessions. And um, although I can't play, it was an interview, and I I was really struggling. And it it was and it was Zoom, right? I had to do a Zoom session. I'd never done a Zoom. Now you know me in tech, right? You know me in tech, right? It just doesn't operate well. So I wake up with a hangover from hell, right? And that adrenaline surge started to hit in me, going like, "I have to do this." You know, it's it's like. I have to do this now and it was about I think I got in touch with with Roddy I think it was about 10 past 10 past 10 Mm. and I could already see the emails you know coming up on the computer from my press guy and um, saying um, it was Dan saying you know where are you (laughs) I'm going and I'm I'm going I had to like I had to completely concentrate right And, and keep the do not panic do not panic right and i had to consciously slow myself completely down right so i wasn't rushing into things and i managed to get zoom up download it get online i did the interview it was like and god knows i I lost my stream of thought so many times and uh roddy i don't know whether i don't know what kind of interview roddy got but I, i think he was okay right but it was it was scary but it was but that adrenaline surge, uh, suddenly you know it's showtime. Uh, so anyway, I, I had I had that interview and then I was just faded. And then the whole day's just been dealing with emails. And there was a, a couple came in that you know I had to answer. Ian, hello, thank you. That was a nice wee discussion. If you're on tonight, I don't know if you are, but I hope everything works out okay for you, mate. And uh, but yeah, so it was like deal with emails and then. Um, we realized that we're kind of we were, were the vinyl is selling like crazy, and I've got to get a reorder in and I've been told that I can't get vinyl until january so it's um um it's a real it's a hit Andreas go away and it was um it was a real hit so I, once this vinyl sell, sells out I'm, I think we've only got about three hundred four hundred left. I won't have any more Schmerz vinyls in until january next year which is not what i wanted but i just i really i honestly did not expect to i did expect the demand for the vinyl to be so high it's been incredible so i think we've done something like two and a half thousand vinyl albums which is phenomenal right but the blow is i can't get them replaced gz in Czech land who make the albums can't get them to me until they can't they're so overrun with creating vinyl that they can't get anything to me till the end of January so maybe Profact my nice guys at Profact maybe they can do a bit arm twisting. I don't know right but um but the other problem you know it's the other thing that's been really winding me up uh this week has been uh emails coming in about um a few people it's about I think it's about 20 people out of the thousands we've sent out already. I mean I think we've already How many vinyls have we put out down about two thousand? Uh, yeah. Probably, yeah. But it's it's a complete pain. It's like we picked the, the, the packaging, right? Specifically, right, to protect the items. You know, we went out and and and, and spent money buying good packaging, right? And Simona researched it all, right, there are, and the first one I got back, right, the guy said, "My, you know, blah blah blah, manufacturer problem. There's an eruption. I'll show you." Because I actually, uh, this is this is what happened, right? I do. Can you see that? Right? You see on the top of the album, right? And it's disrupted and people were running right back and going like, you know, how can you send this out? It's rubbish. It's terrible how you send us out. And I'm going, they don't. It's like, you, there's no way that that happened. It was like, you know, my guys, the cabin mice, right? My kind of, my wee gurus things, right? They check everything. So if, if they find, like, a da- this is I actually damaged this one because there was a bent, this, the sleeve was bent on this and they just don't send it out, you know? What do I mean? oh, See you in a bit. Don't forget the other stuff. No. Yeah. Love you too. Drive safe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I sent messages back and I said, "Well, you know, what is the damage?" And like, and they said, "Oh, we opened it up." And I said, "Well, was the, the package damaged?" And the package itself wasn't damaged, right? And so everybody, you know, the people that have got damaged sleeves, right, the um. They thought that we'd basically sent out you know crap stock, and I' go, this is there's no way we could have done this and they sent back photographs of the packaging there's no damage, and I thought, well, maybe it's got something to do with the shrink wrap process that maybe when they were doing the shrink wrap or something that the the album's been nipped, but you know and it was hidden underneath the it was hidden underneath the shrink wrapping, and you know basically the guys couldn't see it when the shrink wrap was taken off, maybe there was an eruption or something you know. And I couldn't work it out. And I talked to uh, Leon, who's one of, my, uh, one of my contacts at Profact in the Netherlands, where, where they, who deliver the sleeves. And um, he's, he said, there's no way this could be done. And he's, he's, he, they've tried it. And it's post. It's like, what's happening, right? Is that the albums go into packaging, which arrives completely undamaged. But the albums have been thrown, and I have. I, we try to, to replicate it, and to do this kind of damage, you've got to throw it like a discus or smack it. I've done. I actually did this myself because this sleeve was damaged, and I actually banged it really, really hard, and it took me about five hits, because what's happening is that the vinyl, the, the actual discs inside, they're obviously facing up because when you take the inner sleeves out, you know, it's got to face up otherwise it'll be catching, right? So the vinyl's facing up. So the opening of the inner sleeves is, is the opening of the inner sleeves is on, on is up there, right? And what's happening is that the, the 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 vinyl is getting hit so hard and it's disrupting the packages, right? And that is it. That is that damage. The vinyl actually coming through. The package is being thrown so hard, right? And the thing is that we've got a guy, there's somebody in, in in the USA, there's a guy up in Cambridge Lang. There's uh, there's, like there's somebody, there's two people down in England, there's one in France, uh, I can't remember, um, there's a guy in Wales, Mr Griffiths, who's, you know, I'm, we're sorting this out. <clears throat> what we're doing is finding out whether the vinyl itself's damaged, or the our sleeves are, are, are buggered, and, you know, then we'll try and sell out, we'll send out double gatefolds. But I'm running at this problem because it's like, we've only got so much vinyl. And it's a, it's a worry. This is part of my whole stress factor. That's why I asked all those bottles of wine last night, and it was driving me absolutely nuts. And it pisses me off, right? Because you have to really f- force it. It takes a lot of energy to create that damage, right? To force the vinyl through the top of a double gatefold, a double gateful sleeve. And it just pisses me off. And you know we are sorting it out. And like I said, we're getting replacement sleeves if, if everything's kind of if the discs are okay what we're doing is we're, we're trying to get replacement sleeves but of course we're running at the GZ territory where in the manufacturer's territory where they've only got so much and uh, so we have to be really careful with the vinyl now because you know and we, we don't know how to, to stop it we're, we're, we're trying to put bubble wrap around the, the ones we've been sending out it's only a tiny amount of people right I mean you know and you know it's it's very easy for somebody to turn around to me and say, well, oh yeah, well, you know, you've got to expect damage in the post. Actually, I don't. There's a Fragile sticker put on that album. There's a Do Not Bend sticker put on that album, right? It's wrapped in great packaging, and the packaging, as I said, is not damaged. It's the album inside. And <sighs> I'm supposed to accept it, but, you know, some of you have said, and I, and I totally agree with you, I think the, 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 the postage charges are ridiculous. I mean, you know, and you know, it's over ten quid to send an album Holland. And I expect if I'm basically, you know, sending an album across there with a fragile sticker and doing a bench sticker, I expect that album to arrive in a customer's hands, undamaged, right? Not being thrown about like a, in frisbee, right? And uh yeah, so we've we'll got to dig it up, but you know, you know and I know I've got to go in the Royal Mail, we've got to put complaints in and like I said, I'm trying to deal with it. And that's what I've been doing all week is because Simona has been so overrun, you know, dealing with, you know, working through, working with software and, and, you know, printing off labels and processing stuff. And she just doesn't have the time to deal with emails. So she's been panning them all off to me and I've been dealing with it. And it's now, you know, my idea of hell if there's such a thing as reincarnation and if I've been a really, really bad boy in in my past, right? Right. Or by the time I get to the end of this life, you know, when they, do, when they weigh the scales to find out where you go. It's like my idea of hell would be coming back as a customer liaison officer, right? It's, um, it's nothing to do with, it's, it's just forever batting things around. I mean, I, th- I think I did something like 80 or 90 emails yesterday. And, you know, there was a broadcast email sent out, you know, to try and conquer it, just to kind of st- to answer as many questions as I could. Most of you probably got it. And uh it was just to, to cover, just to like say th- th- these are all the questions, these are all the answers. And it was um it was it's been heavy juicy stuff. So last night I was drinking a lot of wine and then woke up, like I said, today to the um BBC Scotland Keyside sessions. And uh it's been the kinda it's been a weird week, but as I said, you know <laughs> my tracking numbers don't work, right? And um so, my Head CD player hasn't arrived. And as I said last night, I was playing nothing but vinyl. And tonight, I'm going to have to play vinyl because there's no player. And luckily, luckily, and this is, this is not a fix, by the way, right? It's not a fix. But um, luckily, the Highwood, or Highwood part one, right? I might play two, right? But the Highwood ones so have got these the consequences on vinyl here. Thank God. Because I don't know if anybody asked for Manchmar. I don't don't know if I've got I think I've got a 13-star album somewhere, but it's like any other album, there's no invite, I'm done. I'm done. We voted for this, so we didn't get it, you'll get it. So you voted for Highwood, so tonight's going to be Highwood. And, um... But it's just... (laughs) Like I said, I'm just... I'm still... I'm still feeling rough. You know, I've had the bowl of mushroom soup. I've taken, you know, my big doses of vitamins, and I'm trying to recover, but... I am, I might look okay to you here, right? The makeup department has done a marvelous job. <laughs> I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, and I thought, I hope I've not, you know, when you wake up in the morning as well and you go, I hope I didn't break anything. But I was very good. I managed to put all the discs, all the vinyl we played, right. I got it all away. It was all put, you know, back in the sleeves, and the sleeves went back in, in into the cupboard. So, so it was, that was good because that's the worst one. When you wake up in the morning after a really big session, you've been playing vinyl, and you find your discs lying all over the floor, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Donald Sutherland in Invasion of the Body Snatchers*. <laughs> uh-huh in france posted oh what was that i missed that one that looked a good one um uh, need some spe- special fragile close-to-edge stickers Marka bilka good evening from poland hello jills anders someone is the best my wife has been doing absolutely brilliantly this week i mean she's been on uh, she's been on the verge of tears i mean literally eyes watering up uh Dealing with some of the issues that she's had to, to deal with, and I was, I was actually quite concerned about her. So, we've been kind of you know, yeah, comforting each other, and you know, but I mean, this but this makes it all worthwhile, right? This is really nice, and I want to say thank you because it meant a lot today. And it came in at a point when I was raving, and it was someone, I thought I was on the edge of a heart attack today because I was raving about a couple of things that we'd been waiting to get done what well, haven't been done and um and i got this so i've decided that because i got this waverly steps is going to be the track of um tonight and it's dear fish simona liam isa and the team thank you so much for all your hard work in getting velchmer shipped to me and hopefully thousands of other fans the honesty and professionalism is really appreciated and of course it's an excellent album and good place to sign off Wish you all well for the future and hope the retirement plans happen sooner rather than later. Thank you. Nick Hazelwood, you're an absolute star. You, Nick sent us up a box of chocolates, right? And it was perfect. It was at the, exactly the right time. It was just when when our stress level, when, I, when my stress level was just getting to the point where I'm going to put my fist through a window, right? It was like the box of chocolates arrived. So, Nick, thank you very much my mum loved them my mum's been doing she's been doing CDs um, she's been packing CDs all week so she's been quite happy with something every now and again I go through and there's another 30-40 CDs all packed by my mum and she's been an absolute gem so my mum got the first three or four chocolates out of the box today and then the Packers and Simona and Rab who's been moving the Yorkies some of you have been asking about um, Yorkies all Right. alright you know, you probably don't know. It's like you've been asking, like, what are these yuckies? What are yuckies? These are yuckies, right? It's a pigeon. Bugger off. And um, those are the yuckies. And what happens is that those red things go into there, into that bit there, and they drop down, and we fill them with CDs and. Some of them are 24, some are 48, and so they national signs. And at 4 o'clock on our every weekday, not the weekends, which is a pain, but every weekday we have um, a nice man comes along with a great big truck and he takes the Yorkies away. And they go to the storage depot. Right? And they all leave here and they're all absolutely wonderful. And, uh, and then we just have to wait. Look at the berries on the Himalayan rowan. That is the sign of a very serious winter, by the way. So I've been told. Been old days. And those arrived right today. So I've, got, so I've got to find a rockery position for them. That was another one of those garden things where I kind of, uh, you know, oh, an offer. <laughs> oh, I'll buy 10. And then it's like someone and I made a bit of a mistake. We've, we've done a severe. <laughs> miscalculation, and um, So what happened was, mm-hmm. what happened was that when last year I planted uh, about 400 mixed bulbs, like tulips, daffodils, all sorts of stuff, right? And uh, and someone said I'd really like to get some bulbs for the for the back for the, the herb garden, and she wanted to put some in the the, the, the new the, the half barrel containers. So it was like, oh, wow, yeah, (laughs) let's buy. So Simona went on, and she actually opened up two websites, right? And she was buying off one and off another and and basically collecting stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And um, we got a load of bulbs in. I I bought a bunch of crocus. I got some saffron crocus bulbs that are really cool for autumn because I'm trying to get into this kind of, like let's keep a kind of perpetual colour thing so it's an interesting flowery thing happening all the way through the year, right? So I bought some saffron crocuses and some other autumn flowering bulbs, right? They're starting to come through, and they're really nice. But it was like then, this week, it was like, you know, another couple of boxes arrived and then another box. You know, shit shitloads. There's so, I don't even know, I don't even, I've got no idea where we're going to put all these bulbs in the garden. Yeah, but it, it's a load of work and it's like right in the middle of the mail out. I mean, the garden has just been... I mean, if Monty came up tonight, <laughs> if Monty from Gardens World came up tonight and saw our garden, it's like, you know, Whoa, I'd never get, never be used again, right? <laughs> Fire him! <laughs> so it's like, so yeah, so I've got all these bulbs and the garden's been left just kind of to itself, you know, I've not been able to go out, I mean, touching bits and pieces, but it's and it's all starting, to, and it's autumn, so it's all starting to kind of fall apart. I got radishes in last week, well, just before we started the mail out, I got a bunch of radishes in, I got a bunch of, well, uh, kind of winter lettuces and things, I put in a load of rocket and, you know, right at the end of the season. By the way, the carrots, I should tell you, in fact, I don't know if I can see, show you this. Well, I told you about the carrots, and, you know, rather than going for the packet, where they say, you know, your last packet, your last planting time is, um, your last planting time should be kind of in July, right? And I don't know whether it's going to work, right? I don't know if you can see them, right? And I've got to watch the feed here. But in those three barrels, those are carrots that I planted about two, three weeks ago and it's working. And it's been relatively mild. Leeks are doing great. Look at the kale, happening. And the Brussels sprouts this year, I hope to actually have some. And over there, there's six uh, Sapporo cauliflowers. Because my mum loves cauliflower. She's got a real thing about cauliflower. So I planted them right outside. That used to be our, our bedroom. But my mum's been living there for nearly two years now. So I planted the cauliflower outside her bedroom. So every day, she, I get... You know, give me an update on the cauliflowers, mum. So she can see the cauliflowers growing outside. And next to that, a bunch of turnips all going in. And, oh, I've just noticed that I've not been out. The broccoli heads are coming through again. Oh, wow, wicked. So... But it's all looking stunning, apart from the Yuckies and everything. It's a, and those, that's the damask roses. And they're growing like crazy. And we're looking at having to prune them. But the other thing I'm really happy with is the, the little fernery there. It's, like it's done exactly what I hoped it would. And it's just become a, quite a little magical place. But, but I still don't know where that's gonna go. And look at the red. It's a Japanese maple It's beautiful Another thing I did Was I managed to Last weekend When I got a couple of hours I pruned that jasmine back And I know this isn't Gardner's World So okay I'll shut up have now right? Gardner's World is on tonight Right? It's going to be a very hectic night Because we've got Gardner's World on Which I'm recording And, and Hibs are playing Hamilton Which is always a dodgy game So hopefully that will happen so that's kind of where it's been. It's been a, a nutty little time. Well, but those Yorkies, keep those Yorkies rolling, right. It's all good. Rerooks I received confirmation that. My deluxe has shipped. Good, good, good. Robert Olsen, what's the deal? Yeah, it's at the moment. At the moment it's daylight, but you know I think probably in the next hour it'll be very very dark. Right. Tussaud Martini, hello, Anthony Craig, love the deluxe album, all received safely. This is what I like to hear. I like you, got it. It's brilliant. No damage. It sounds great. You know, so yeah, the bulbs will wait. Ian Graham, the bulbs will not wait. In fact. There are boxes of bulbs, and it's all tulips, and it's, it's a lot of mixed tulips that Simona picked out, because she just went, "Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. I love that, one. I love that one. You know, basket. Boom. Well, yeah, yeah. And her and I sit in the hero and room going, Yeah, let's get this. And remember, oh, we've got this set. Yeah, we'll get this lot. Yeah, we're gonna. We've got enough bulbs, right? That I think in spring, when they all erupt into flower, you'll probably be able to see this place from space, right? Oh. Billy, Orson, Garden Party. Yeah. Uh, Martin Beveridge have you got the Virginia Creepers in no I've not I've got the places for them I know exactly where they're going to go but I've just not had the time like I said when I get up in the morning and I'm normally in my dressing gown the the, the cabin mice get a little bit scared I think because I wonder about it's just a thing I do you know when I get I'm in my dressing gown and I normally I'm in my dressing gown at one o'clock in the afternoon midday to one o'clock and I'll, I'll be up at about sort of half nine nine half nine simona gets up about eight because she goes straight through there to 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 start the assault on the on the orders and i get up about nine half nine, and then i go straight through there right with a cup of coffee my, my my brown bear big bear coffee you know and i'm through there and then i switch on the computer read the news and then i'm in the emails right and uh and I, I try and get rid of a lot of them, in the, as much as I can, to a point. And uh, they're kind of, stuff. so I'm in my dressing room, I never get a shower or anything. So, I mean, it's like this old guy walking through my dressing room, you know <laughs> <laughs> And this morning I really felt like an old Jakey. But because I had to do something on camera for, um, for Roddy at um, BBC, you know... I had to flip on, you had to get something on, you put my kegs on and stuff. Going, Hello, uh, yeah. But he understood he was great. We actually had a fantastic conversation, a really lovely conversation. Uh, I, Amy Goodamot, Japanese maples are my favourite. They are one of mine as well. And uh, I've got that one, the one that's out there that's turned scarlet, It's just it goes such a beautiful colour in the autumn. I bought the other one, for, I bought one for my dad's birthday um, quite a few years back. And it was down at my mum's house. And uh, we didn't want to leave it. So that maple, my dad's maple, was brought up and that's in the back garden. And we can see my dad's maple from our bedroom window because we stay in the back now. In the wee room at the back. Marina Buru, vinyl album received in California with no damage. Yes! Dave Summers, yeah, good. There's a of it. Gary Caraga, Kiraj. Karaj, sorry I got your name wrong. Chris Emerson, Deluxe Edition, arrived in perfect, yes. Paul Cavender, Ursula, Chris Emerson, John Smith, Lee Ford. Yeah. I wish the guys were here because they'd love to hear it. They were really excited right? and they were even more excited when the Phantom chart position happened as well. I've got to be very, very careful, I here. I've been warned. Right. Um, Phil Apple, Deluxe's Ace. Yeah. And you like the, the interviews? Good, good, good. Acefining of the LED bulbs What LED put ones? I don't know what ones you're on about. Um but yeah, it's I've got it's all LED on oh, my whole house is all kind of uh low bulbs Um <coughs> dressing. Yeah, I'll dressing I call it my Japanese costume. You know, it's my it's my kind of kimono. My pseudo shite kimono, right? Uh, Tony and Doug received vinyl deluxe. Love the 5 to 1. Good. Avro, Andy, if you're watching this, there's, there's a review straight up there. Loving the 5 to 1. Oh. Oh. Good, 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 good. Uh. Ah. Ah. Oh, Nichols, how much influence do you... Oh, do you think the fisher and Friday sessions have had on the sales of the new album? I don't know. I've, I've got no idea. I think, you know... The sales are, are, are really good, which brings me into this, this phantom chart position. Right? We are not chart eligible. Right? We tried. We tried to go through. Uh, we thought that Fuse Metrics would deal with all the software around our mail order site. We thought that because we could prove that we were we were sending, there were so many sales to the UK, we thought that would happen. Nope, won't allow it. Unless we sell through retail, either through Amazon or through retail outlets, we cannot qualify for a chart position because they won't take our numbers, right? With the digital sales, right, and I think Spotify comes into it as well to some degree, but with the digital sales, you know, they they are chart registered because they go through, you know, recognised sources, but we are not recognised. So when the news of this kind of when it came through, basically James Cassidy, I sent him down you know the figures for the UK and he put them together with the um, with a, uh, the digital sales and because he knows what the numbers are, right? We found out we were Phantom Two. That was the midweek position. That's not the, the chart position tomorrow. And we won't, there's no way we're going to be yet you know, number two tomorrow. I mean that was the first surge you know in the week. And, um, but it was, uh, having a midweek position in number two as an independent, right? Who, and like I said, that's only digital sales and what we sell here. We're really proud. And the team, you know, the, ca- the cabin guys and Simona and Rab, I mean, everybody and my mum, we were absolutely overjoyed. It was, it was a fantastic result. And, uh, and, you know, we're really proud. It's, it's still be recognised. It's never going to be written down anywhere, you know, midweek two. But seemingly on the digital sales, we were uh, on digital downloads. On iTunes, I think we were number 10. And with the charts coming out tomorrow, you know, again, we won't have an official position. It's a shame, you know. It would have been nice to have, you know, finished my career with, you know, something like a top 10 album. And I think probably tomorrow, with the sales that we've got, you know, and the, the digital sales, I think, I feel pretty good that we would have been inside the top 10. So, you know, But it's never going to be officially recognised. Only I know, and now you know, right? But it's just the way it happens, you know? I mean, in all honesty, you know, as I say, I think I've said before, when I talked about this, it's like, I've got no no idea who the number one album is week in, week out. You know, I don't get music week, you know? I'm not really interested in, in kind of who's number one in the charts. It's never... You know, when I was in BMI and when I was, you know, back in the day, you know, it was it was great. But this album, I don't care, because it's a great album, right? And whether it's number one or number 30, it doesn't matter, because it's a great album. And that's what means, well, that's what the most important thing to me is. It's a great album, and obviously, you're thinking kind of along the same lines, and the reviews have been absolutely stunning. And I need to start getting some of these, these t- t- together, you know, because... Um, but they're, they're just brilliant reviews. Nines out of tens. I've had five out of five. Seven out, seven out of tens has been the worst one, right? And um, so it's been it's been great. But I, you know, as I said to you before, when when I got when Simone and I sat down and listened to the very final mixes of the album, you know, and we, we listened to the whole thing, you know, complete and in, in running order, it was um, you know the the, the, the Feeling of accomplishment, and that it was over, and that was the last one. It was great, you know. I didn't feel sad at all. You know, I didn't feel sad. I just felt after all these years and after everything that it's taken to make this album. You know, you know. I mean, I've been doing so many interviews and you know, talking through it and kind of reliving, you know, how it all started and where the journey took us. You know, it was it was quite scary. And um, so yeah, there was. with a chart position and everything else it's like it doesn't really mean it because i mean in previous albums you know you're looking for something to to yeah. move you out move you out and it's like that wasn't the object of this album i just wanted to make a brilliant album and to finish my musical career with a brilliant album you know and that was that was it you know so uh, marcus Pieper welch was arrived two days ago good david Nicholl, good it Owen Boyle, it is, but really, I oh, don't know, I get that one. Did you hear your re-mention? No, I didn't hear the mention on uh, off the ball. Yeah. Good guys. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. If you're writing the packaging, the LPs, oh, damn, I've got to scroll down because I'm going up too fast. Da, 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 da. Um... Fan, fan in position number two makes me proud. Mandy Brain, yeah. Alfred Fishy back at Top of the Pops? Don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't even exist anymore. You know? No. I'd rather be on Gardner's world than Top of the Pops. You know, that that's more of an accolade. Anybody at top of the Pops? Not everybody gets on Gardner's world. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Liz Jordan the vinyl's fantastic quality, really heavy, yeah. It's it's brilliant sound. I told you. I did say to you I said you know the vinyl sounds amazing, you know. It's uh Darren Wells, thank you. Uh Kevin Pfeiffer, yeah, uh, Julia blah blah, blah 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 Paul Cameron, the number one for us. Thank you. Brian Shank, Andy Lennum, Jody Tyrrell, uh uh da, 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 da. Yeah john watson I, I, I don't know what the number one single is at all I, I've, I've just i just stopped it i just you know i think it's changed because it's, it's the digital stuff and, and downloads and streams and everything else put together it's like you know it's, i don't think anybody i know james caston james i love you man i love you and i promise you I will, i'll get that video thing done for you this weekend i promise i promise i promise right um, I said uh, we've got to do all these banners and things for you know, for with the album coming out. So I've got to go, Hi, I'm Fish, and uh, this is my new album, Vilt That could be it if you, James, if you filmed that, you could keep that, right? Oh. But it's, uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm losing it. Uh, go go away. I have had some, there's been a couple of funny ones. I don't mention it because I mean. I've got to do one. It was my favourite one, right? (laughs) My favourite one. No names, no backdrops. The guy lives in Germany. And, uh, you know, I'd had the... Are you going to sign the albums? No. I'm not signing any Velschmann's albums. I thought... If I wanted to be really bad, and I wanted out of pure badness, right? Just to sign one. And then... Just for something to go, I got a sign velvet and just imagine the chaos. Oh, how come you got one? Da-da-da. If I wanted my email boxes to explode, right? I would sign an album, but I'm not. We just can't. It was. I think you, you. Everybody knows, you know. I mean, you know. For example, the the vinyl albums. I mean, you know, to take the shrink wrap off and sign them. You know, with the Marillion stuff, with a the remasters, it was relatively easy, it was only, we only sold a couple of thousand of those things, you know, and we were able to spread it out and and, and deal with it like that and we didn't have them shrink that for for one of the occasions, but, but yeah, so, so, we all know, and I think you all know that none of the albums are signed, okay, (coughs) right, so I had this guy in Germany and he wrote a complaint in, right, and he said, uh my album's not signed. And I wrote back and said, well, we said that the album's not signed. He says, yes, you did. Said, it says, right, it's it's signed. And I said, I've said all the time, Facebook and various posts, it's on the website, there's no signed albums going out, right? And are you sitting there? (laughs) He said, yes, but it says on, it says on my um, receipt, it says on my confirmation email of order, it says, you know, it's signed, it should be signed. I said, no, it doesn't, right? And he wrote back, he said, yes, it does. It says, tracked and signed. <laughs> I said, that was a postage option. That wasn't an autograph option, right? Tracked and signed. <laughs> That's my favourite one. There's been another couple, I won't. I won't mention, you know, I have had, you know, I did get, I know you, oh, go away. That was Sutton's. That was an email coming in from Sutton's probably telling you like there's more bulbs on the way. Sutton's is web gardener's website, you know. More bulbs are on their way. We've sold out of all bulbs. <laughs> Threw me that. But yeah, there was a couple. There was there was there's a couple of ones. It was um and I, I know she's watching tonight. No names. But it was uh on the on I got an email on I got an email on uh the Saturday. At two o'clock, right? And it was, I got an email on the the Saturday and it was uh, somebody said, I've ordered track 24. I got 24. Why hasn't it arrived? And the order would be put in at three o'clock on the Friday, right? It was just one that, yeah, anyway, (laughs) let's go down that because I'll (laughs) I'll upset people. (laughs) And I really don't want to do that. Really, I don't want to do that. I don't want to upset you because that means you'll send me even more emails. As I said, I said in that, the, the big mail, it, it takes about three minutes to do an email. 20 emails is an hour. Oh, taunting leisure. Oh, trying to sell me more tents. I don't need your tents. Uh, I don't know why I didn't switch off my... Oh, no. That means it's got, I'm going to be getting emails coming through on the phone. Oh, no, shit. Well, Mariusz Bay, by gosh, uh, can't do that. I'm do to speak Polish. David John Gross. Will you miss writing and recording? I won't miss recording. I mean, and writing, I'm going to continue. You know, I mean, Ian Allen, if you're watching, hello, and thank you for what you wrote. It was, it was, it was cool. Yeah, and you got it. All you have to do is read the sleeve notes in the deluxe version, right, and read the first two, three pages. That is what I want to do. I just want to write. I just want to write. I don't want to sing anymore. I want to write. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I want to do. So, you know, I'm not going to miss it because I'm still going to be in creative. Everybody gets so like, woohoo! You're retiring. I'm only retiring from music, you know? I still want to do other things and I want the challenge uh, uh, to write books and screenplays. And in fact, Ruddy Hart and I had a great talk this morning after we did the interview. <laughs> probably the conversation we had after the interview was probably more cohesive and and... Um, it was, it was better than the actual interview and we were actually talking about scriptwriting because Roddy's writes scripts and he's been involved with all sorts of kind of film projects and things and, you know, it was, we were both getting quite animated and excited by it all. Patrick Mayle, Fish, when will be the next concert in France? Let's move on. Uh, Paul, Gunther, you're a bad man. <laughs> Piero you are you going to issue a remaster of 30-star? Yes. So at some point next year, but it all depends on, on what happens. I mean, I wasn't trying to be flipping with, with the French inquiry. I've got no idea. You know, I mean, in all reality, you know, the, the February tour, I mean, watching what's happening on the news, I mean, that, that, I saw was it breaking news on the PC just before I came through to get my mushroom soup. Was they uh, said hundreds of people, hundreds of students are infected at North, uh, Northumbria University. And there you go. And it's now, um, we're now into October. And uh, so, I mean, I, even in February, you know, even by a stroke of luck, I couldn't even see uh, a gig happen without, without social distancing. And that's if we got a break. And I don't think we're going to get a break. So... I am mentally prepared for, you know, getting a phone call of Mark Shaw at Gig Cartel saying, you know, it's not going to happen, but I've not had an official call yet. It's because, again, it's waiting on the venues. It's the same stuff as we had with the tour in March, where, you know, everybody sits there and goes, well, it might happen, it might happen, it might happen. It's like, reality check, reality check, you know? So, no. Yeah. Steve Fryer, hello from cold and wet Shropshire. Rich, Rich Pereira, mine came, came signed. It was delivered via Bonfire. <laughs> oh, singed. Mine came singed. Got you. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, Piero Coggevast, for us to get it wrong. No, don't worry, Piero. It was just, it's just of Scottish. And I'm in that kind of mood today where I'm just, you know, just joshing with you. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, you know, waiting on... You know, people to make decisions and things. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, I can't see it. It's going out for a very long time. And I think probably the next time I will be going out is, uh, it will be a bye-bye tour, right? Laura Bitman Ward, tents. Yes, tents, right? Tony Ledger, I bought a, t- a tent. When when we were doing the album, when my mum moved in, right? When my mum moved in, in uh, at the beginning of um, uh, 219 in January, So we didn't have any spare rooms because Simone and I moved into the the spare, our only spare room at the back and I was in, you know, my mum took over our room. So uh, the situation was that, you know, there was no place for Steve to sleep apart from the couch or on a futon, right? And he was an absolute hero. and. He, he he said himself. He was he said tent in the garden, will do me fine. So we bought a massive tent, which you've probably seen on Facebook and things, and you can see it. I think it's on the it's on the um, the documentary footage on the um, uh, on the Blu Ray on the deluxe version. But yeah, so Steve had a tent, and uh, <laughs> it was a massive tent. Like you know, it was great. You could get about three four people in there. And when Steve went away, down back, back home for a while, I actually went in there, I went into the tent. But funnily enough, <laughs> that was the night before I picked up sepsis for the second time, right? So I actually came out of the tent and by the next six hours I caught sepsis. Maybe I caught it in the tent. Maybe Steve left it, I don't know. But anyway, we moved to the end when we got to, we were getting into this period and, uh, in, in the year, you know, in, in 2019. You know, we, we had to do something. And that was when I got the cabin. So uh, that's the cabin, the guy. So Steve actually came back up, you know, before the album, with the, with the last period of writing. And he moved in the cabin. He was very happy in there, very happy in his cabin. And Steve's not very happy at the moment because there's cabin mice in there, Because right? it's like his cabin. And he gets very peculiar and very possessive about his cabin, right? So that's... Um, so uh, so yeah, that was the obvious why Taunt Leisure because I bought off Taunt Leisure and they're sending me trying to sell me more tents. I don't need tents. I've got a cabin now. Right. Uh, Claudia Claude Potvin, you've always said I'm a writer who can sing. Yeah, that exactly. Right. Yep. Rodney McLeod, Grove. Yeah, I'd love to do the Beach Grove Garden again. I forgot I did it. We did a we did a thing I can't remember if I've told you this before. This is Excuse me, right? Today is like, like I said, I'm a little bit fraggy, right? So I might go back and redo things, right? But yeah, Beechgrove Garden came here. We were going to turn the orchard and put a, a wildflower meadow in the orchard, but it was, uh, it was a particular summer where it didn't rain for quite a while, and the sun was beating down, and the ground was like concrete. And the Beechgrove Garden came down with all these lovely little plug plants. <laughs> we needed a big axe, right? literally to try and hoak the ground to get these plugs in and needless to say they all died <laughs> said "Oh, you better keep these watered." It's like <laughs> <laughs> I always spend my time in the Beach, Beach Grove garden but I loved it you know but I, I don't know how this garden is well thing because I've never I've not seen it and I'm recording it and I'll watch it after the Hibs match tonight oh. uh, Dalo Vital hello from Montreal will you do another set of Canadian shows before calling quits on touring I would love to if I can make it happen, yes, I'd love to, you know. And you know, as I said, I mean, the whole idea of the farewell tour is to go out and do a couple of nights and a couple of nights in venues that I, I really love and, and cities that I really like, and have fun doing it. So, yeah, there's it, something that will be considered. Trust me, you know. And before you say it, yes, and I will look at the possibilities of doing something in the states as well i mean you know if it won't be a massive tour by any stretch of the imagination and it'll probably be limited to maybe two or three cities but i'll try you know but at this point in time you know life stages well i'm still having these dreams about you know that kind of spinal tap philadelphia moment and i have these dreams about heading towards a stage that's somewhere in this building and looking for and wearing my underpants and look, looking for my stage clothes that i can't find right And then then can't find my lyric book, and everybody's waiting on me to go on stage. And you know, I mean, I have those real dreams, (laughs) darling. Yeah, can I tell them about the tiny tiger? Oh, god, you find it, don't find it embarrassing, then I don't find it embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, so I got someone had an amazing dream the other day. And this is, again, this is just a complete stress dream, right? And, uh she dreamt that basically her skin was kind of coming up in massive bubbles of blood and stuff, which was pretty horrible and it was breaking open. It, but That was because we'd been watching that Jude Law thing. Um, what's it called? What's it called? Three, the Three Days or Third Day or something? The Third Day. The Third Day, yeah, which is quite cool. It's, it's good. I like it. Very surreal in places. And, uh I'd like to read the book, because I, th- I actually think the book might be better than the the, the actual the, the, the series. But it's, it's good, and Jude Law's pretty, pretty cool, is it? Right? Anyway, in this film, Jude Law's body starts erupting, and I think it was that was something to do with it. Anyway, so it's one of these dreams, where it was like big bubbles of blood, and they're coming up, and her body started erupting, right? right? And then she had this big one in her arm, right? And it happened, and out of it, there was a tiny hamster came out. A little hamster popped up with like that. Right? And then the hamster turned into a white tiger. And it was a tiny tiger. Tiny white tar- tiger. And it started to purr. And she it was sitting on her arm, right? And this, in the room. this white tiger. And she was stroking the white tiger. This was the, this, And she was telling me this the next morning when we were having coffee in, in the morning. And I'm going, I think I really you know, got to make sure that she gets out of the office a lot more regularly because this is definitely a lot of stress. So, uh, uh Robert would say, what's your relationship like with your old bandmates now? Which old bandmates? Um, if you talk about Marillion, which you probably obviously are, right, I've not spoken to them for ages. It's, uh, you know, we're still in contact and... um we still talk but we I mean, don't on a regular basis I mean they don't even talk to each other like you don't even expect me to talk to me right I know um, you know the, the, it was really funny because it, it was um, you know back in the days when I was in Aylesbury we used to see each other quite a lot like I'd go up and see, to Steve Rothery's house or whatever and when I lived in Gerald's Cross Ian Moseley was just up the road and I'd pop up to Ian's cycle up to Ian's and things and um I think it was it was uh I was talking to Mark when a long time ago and uh I said, I said, you know, maybe we should go get together and, and go up to Steve's so house. He went, I don't know where Steve lives. And I went, hmm, oh, well that's a bit strange. Right? And um, yeah, and he said we don't really talk. And I, th- I said well, that's really weird. He said no, he said they get together touring and working, but you know they don't socialise. And uh, which I found felt really weird. And, and that's kind of how the guys are, you know. And um, you know, and obviously, I mean, you're asking like, how we're going with them. I mean, I live up here. I mean, I think if I lived down there. Then, you know, I think I've lived near, near close to Ian. I think Ian and I get together a couple of times, but we, we get on fine. You know, there's, there's no animosity, all that shit that people try and make out, like, oh, they hate each other and they're mortal enemies and blah, blah, blah. Bullocks, you know? It's, um no, we get on fine. You know, but we just don't speak. Ian and I normally underfoot each other. It's normally to do with medical shit. <laughs> Cause, I think it was during Covid that Ian said, you know, we're in that age group. said so this is a scary thing. We're in the endangered list. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Took past, Does that mean to, no Sheffield? <laughs> couple of nights at home for the end Tim Uh uh. Any Attila? Maybe a pay per view for us in the states. Oh, I don't pay per views I don't. I don't want to think about it at the moment. At the moment. I mean, this is the weird thing. I should have been starting rehearsals. And if, if I, 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 I think the tour, the tour should have been starting any any day soon, I think. I mean, we should have been out there in Europe, you know, with the vinyl, right? Well, Helen Taylor Phelps, you're moving to Atlanta, Georgia. It would be great to be able to see you in these, the USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on everything that goes on across there. i have just been. More... Steve Vances, actually, he wrote to me this afternoon, right? And, you know, like the news that that, uh, uh, the president and the first lady got COVID, you know, it was shocking. And I caught it at the tail end. I think it was, I I, I think maybe I thought I was hallucinating last night, you know, because CNN was kind of in silent in the background. And um, and I saw it come up and I went, what? Right. And, you know, I've got nothing personal against the guy and, you know. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, you know what I mean? I would not wish COVID on anybody, and, um, you know, but I was I was genuinely shocked. And it's, you know, it's, it's it's quite scary. And this is a guy that's, you know, highly protected, that, you know, has got all the top physicians around him and stuff, he's tested all the time, et cetera, bang, bang, him and his wife, you know, I feel sorry for them. You know, I don't care who they are, any human being, I feel sorry for them. And, um... But Steve wrote to me today, he said, like, <laughs> he said, the year 2020, he said, it's, you know, he's dreading what the, the, the big finale is. Because he said, this is building up to a massive finale. I mean, you couldn't write this. You really couldn't. In fact, Simone and I, I got up the other night to watch the debate between Biden and Trump. And it was like, it was. <laughs> I put my alarm on. I went to bed. I went to bed about 10 o'clock, half and put my alarm on. I woke up and, and watched the entire live debate, right? And I was shocked. It was like, you know, it was just, it was like two kids arguing in a playground. You know, if in all honesty, you know, if, if Donald Trump was in the Tyneside in Harrington and started doing all that stuff then the Tyneside, he would be asked to leave. <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, but I mean, you know, out of the two candidates, you know, I didn't really think that Biden did that great against them. I mean, you know, but it was it was just shouting, and the moderator was dreadful. It was one of those things that I kind of remember from high school when you know, when you know somebody had to pretend to be the moderator, and it all gets out of hand. But it was just there was nobody was saying anything. It was just you know people shouting over each other, right? It was a, uh, but yeah, it's just nuts. But I mean, you know, someone and I were watching CNN, and we are, we watch a lot of it at night. I mean, CNN has got its own slant on everything, as we well know, right? And it's cool. It's kind of, you know, I'll watch it. But, you know, when you see all the, the news coming through, I mean, as someone said, it's, it's like this is better than watching a movie. It's unbelievable, you know, just how everything moves and, you know, what is actually happening. And as Steve said, you know, the finale of 220 is going to be absolutely stunning. Was it going to be a giant mushroom cloud over the horizon? You know? Uh, <laughs> I had James, there is a song right there, White Tiger. I think somebody's probably done it already. Uh, <laughs> Eh, uh, Karen Torley, I'll go, uh, I'll go, Northern Ireland, I'll da, 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 losing it. Got to go down the line. Paul Cavender, COVID is not good. I had it in May. I was talking, I was talking with um, one of the, the, one of the cabin mice, and um, in fact, it was Adam. We sat down in had a wee conversation, and, you know, and these guys were, you know, gonna to go to university and stuff they were looking at universities and he was saying himself i mean he's you know 18 and he's going why why are they all going back to university why didn't they just keep them you know why did not they just do online tuition you know and, and not run the risk like you said that's northumbria university with hundreds andreas stop texting me you've been an asshole right it's so, um sorry but i mean um with the, the, the whole thing about universities is why, why are they putting all these, these people back into... Oh, that was God World Life Director, and it's going to now. I should have switched off. I can't do it now. I've just got to have to deal with it. Let's go back. I'm talking to Adam, and Adam's going, why are all the students going back? He said, you know, he would be quite happy to work online. And why are they all going back and putting them into these Agar dishes and locking them up in there? It just doesn't make sense, and it's like, you know, has it got something to do with the universities? having to pick up the money from the halls of residence with the students being there? You know, or is it some weird conspiratorial plot where, you know, we are kind of being nudged into the Swedish model of herd immunity, so let's, do, let's deal with the students first. And it's, it's, it's very creepy, very scary. But, um, but we were talking about this as well, and I said, like, you know, one of the things that I think needs to be stressed, right, is the post-COVID situation. Right, and I'm not talking about after the entire wave situation, right, the entire infection situation. I'm talking about if somebody catches COVID, right, coronavirus, right, it's what it does to you, right? And it's interesting because sepsis that I had, right, is basically it's got to do with what's called the cyclonic immune system. And your, your, the infection is all over your body and basically your immune system starts attacking your entire body and it, your immune system kills you, right? And this happens with, um, post-COVID as well and you do not have to be, you know, off a ventilator when that happens. It can happen, you know, if you've been in a house and recovered in a house. You can still have some serious, serious reactions and it can take you months to get over it. And... I'd like to see that kind of punted a bit more, rather than just, you know, the danger is you will end up in a hospital and you will end up in a ventilator and you'll die. It's like, no, that is awful, right? But there is also this whole thing about when you catch it and what happens to your body after it. I mean, I know after sepsis, I've got things that have happened to me. I've lost nerves in my fingers and my feet. Um, I've got problems in my tendons I've got, you know, I've had lung issues, I've got a couple of other things going on, hey, nice right, and I think that needs to be punned more, I think, you know, it's like you know, rather than kind of go, you could die it's like, there is also a very high probability that you could actually d- deal with a lot of shite after you, you've got rid of your own kind of personal infection and I think that needs to be punned more and that's a scary thing that isn't being talked about enough, you know but um, but let's come out of that with a kind of happy story, and I don't want to mention names. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get involved with names here because it's it's a beautiful story. But I got an email off a guy who's a doctor um, down in kind of the south um, east of England, and. He was a doctor working uh, in a hospital and they were working without PPE and he contracted COVID. He became very, very ill and he's now five months into his recovery. Five months. He wasn't wasn't on a ventilator, but he got smacked really bad by it. And he has a lot of issues that, that I was just talking about. And... Because he couldn't work, you know, and because of what had happened, he got involved with a kind of, it was like a, a, a talking group, a discussion forum, whatever, that with other professionals that were like, kind of, that had suffered from Covid and it was kind of like a, a support group. And he was a, a big, or he is a big kind of fish fan, fish marillion fan, that da da right? And, um... When he was on this group, he met up with somebody, and this, this person, she was in hospital, and um, they developed a conversation and they started to swap music, and they had a, a, a mutual love, and the song um, uh, Ark of the Curve became their favorite, right? And uh, And she was a professional health worker, right? in hospital, they were having this, the dialogue, she was you know, talking to him on the phone. They fell in love and they're getting married. And it was Arc of the Curve that brought them kind of really together, that's a favorite song. And it turns out that he's actually um, moving up to basically get married and moving up to, to be with her. And she lives in Dalkeith. <laughs> and I just thought that was incredible. And it was a real beautiful story. And so I, I called Simona through to the officer he says, we got, you got to read this, it's, it's gorgeous. And the two of us were kind of like, I we started well up, it was such a beautiful story, you know. But it's, um, but I mean, th- this is a problem. It's like, you know, I don't think governments are really getting the message across properly, where, you know, I, I mean, I know it, nobody wants to get involved with the fear factor and all the rest of it, but I mean, it's like, you know, there are a, there are a lot of stories. And th- the, I, I, I've heard of a lot of people, right, a lot of people that have had these kind of, post-Covid reactions, you know, that, you know, they didn't end up in hospital, but they're, they're suffering and dealing with, you know, a lot of health issues now. So beware, right? Uh. <laughs> Stephen Asbury, with your amazing voice, Fish, I think you could make a great album of Rocky cover versions. <laughs> Rocky cover versions. <laughs> Matthew Bennett, who's is Andreas. Andreas is going to get a talking to me at the end of this. Right? He keeps on saying me, it's like, you know, me, 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 me. Right. Uh, Pai Leela, sorry I'm late, you're excused, I hope you've got a note from your mother. Right. Kai Parmenter, Marina Buru. Got through 40 minutes of the US presidential presidential debate and turned it off. Yeah, Yeah, Philip McDonald. I really wouldn't be surprised that Trump's infection is just a stunt. Yeah. <laughs> some stunt to pull right no graham bloomfield deluxe stand up wednesday it's fantastic the five to one sounds like you're in the room tell us about the last painting no no and i'll ask you once again right there is a mark wills work <laughs> i got my wife's teeth in the day uh, there is a Mark Wilkinson illustration at the back of the deluxe book, and I want you to keep it to yourself. Don't take pictures off it and post it, right? Just keep it to yourself. You but the deluxe. It's your little secret, right? But um, you know what I mean, right? right. Money overrules safety of students. Sook, pray hard. I think it is, you know? Um, I didn't know... Oh, Chris, I missed that one. Damn... You'd skimmed up. Repost that. Uh, Cusco, Peru. Ronald cacheres photon Oh, yeah, I got uh, uh, Machu Picchu. Uh, my mum, and I've got really addicted to this programme. It's... Um, what's it called again? I can't, A tipping point. <laughs> I've got really... I, I, I see with time when I take a tea through to my mum and she walk, she was Tipping Point, Pointless and uh, what's it called? the chaser game, whatever it's called. Uh, she loves watching those kind of things, right? And every now and again I go through and I sit in the, in the room with my mum, right? And I'll, I'll spend 15, 20 minutes and we'll, we'll watch some of these quiz shows. But I also we get Tipping Point and I love it because it always reminds me of Blackpool when I was a kid. When you put the pennies down and there's it, a like, shove hat. Sh- can't believe what it used to be. Please tell me, tell this old man what those games were called. But basically, you put the penny down and it goes down and it goes onto a, a plate and then there's a wall at the back and it pushes the penny forward. There's loads of pennies at the front the pennies at the front fall off the little edge down to the next level and you hope that there's enough and then eventually you've got a tray at the bottom and you catch all the pennies. Tipping point. It's a game and it's a quiz. So we go through there and we, we kind of like, we, we both become like little cont- contestants in the room answering all the questions. And uh, I just saw that today, it made me think it, because it was like, I just went through, and even though my head was full of f- f- foggy bears, right, <laughs> I was like, and the question came up about, what is the, what was the, the sun gate to the f- the famous, you know, Peruvian, you know, um, UNESCO site, right? And I just went, oh, magic Picchu, right? He <laughs> was like, dang, yeah, end the game, right? Get in there, right? But it's good, I love that kind of stuff. I said, I'm going to try and get... I'm going to have to phone up my TV person to try and say, can you get me on Tipping Point? You know, because mum loved when I was on Pointless. Went, it's great. She was really proud of you, that. Uh, Adrian Mason, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go down that route. It's just, you know, I just... I went down there, so I'll get something back. Oh, yeah. Jesus, play a song. Light. Lighting up his head. Um. OK. Um... Highwood I'm always indebted uh, To Simon Mostyn um, Who's a friend of mine Who does uh, tours of World War Battlefields Uh, Way back in God, when was it? Uh, It was in April What would it have been? It was on the Fishheads Club tour So it would have been April 2011 I was in we were doing a gig in, in France, in Paris, and the next gig that I had was in Birmingham. I think the, the Paris gig was on the, the Saturday, and then I didn't have a gig till, um, till the, the Wednesday in Birmingham. And Simon had been on at me. He said, I was looking for inspiration for the album and stuff, and he said, you have to write something about World War I. And um, I was like, going like, yeah. When he goes, you've got to come out. He says, come to the song, And he says, I guarantee, I guarantee you, you will find inspiration there, right? And I went, okay, and I'd, I'd, always, I'd always wanted to go on a battlefield tour. I'd always wanted to visit the, the World War One battlefields. I'd driven across them, you know, in, in, in tour buses, you know, and, and, you know, I'd seen the signs to the different cemeteries and stuff, but, you know, we never stopped, you know? And um, I went, yeah, okay. So we arranged that, it was, um, and this was on uh, April the 24th, I was to, to meet up with them in Arras, right? So in Paris, I got on the train at uh, Garde Nord whatever it was and um, and I went to Arras, right? And got off the train and it was, it was uh, Simon and his, his lovely wife and his kids were all there, right? And they took me up towards this, this area uh, near Beaumont and Hamel. And I've got to watch because this story could get on go on quite a while and I want to play the track, but what happened was that... Um, on the first day, we went down in the afternoon and um, he walked me up uh, a ridge. It was um, the Hawthorne Ridge, which, as I said, was um, just off the beaumont of Mill Road. And Simon's probably listening to this going like, no, man, no, get it right. And, um, and I found it really moving. And, you know, I'm walking across the field and... And Simon's saying, you know, at this point, you know, there was 200 men went down out of a 600-man battalion. And at this point, you know, the, the line broke and, you know, it fell apart. And we visited the graves and um, and I was deeply, deeply moved. We went up to the um, um, the Newfoundland um, Memorial, uh, which was incredible, right? And I was, I was, it really hit me. And Simon was completely right. And, you know, um, we visited a place called the Sunken Road and, uh, and a trench line called White City that I kind of uh, recognised from, I, I remembered seeing photographs at some point. So um, so that, that night, we kind of went to bed and, you know, I had a bottle of wine and I was smoking cigars at the time. And I was staying in this kind of, like a, a wooden cabin type arrangement. It was a kind of little wooden bungalow. And it was actually in, in what was, uh, what used to be no man's land, right? And it was quite intriguing. And I had a kind of French window thing that went out to a garden. And I woke up really early in the morning and there was this beautiful kind of low mist And uh, and it was very early and I couldn't sleep. My head was kind of tumbling with whatever. I don't know what it was, but it was tumbling. And I went outside and I sat down and I I was just sitting on my own smoking a cigar, you know, in this kind of early morning mist over, uh, looking over what used to be no man's land, right? And I was kind of just taking in the atmosphere. It was really strange. Then we went down to, uh, we went down to an area, It's, it's, it's now, um, um, Uh, a kind of um, bed and breakfast place in a little restaurant. And we were sitting there, and as I always did, right, and um, as I always used to do, was I phoned up my mum and dad on my birthday, right, cos it was the 25th of April, and it was my birthday, and I phoned them up, and it's like, you'll never guess where I am, I'm on the Somme battlefield. And, you know, I I was talking to them about it, and I said, you know, I said, I know, you know, you know, granddad William Patterson, my mum's dad, was in the Royal Scots in, I think it was 8th Battalion, like I said, my head today. And my other granddad, my dad's dad, um, he was in uh, the RFC, Royal Flying Corps, which um, became the RAF. And I said, you know, where are they actually kind of stationed about, you know, and, and, and what, what battalion was, was was granddad William Anyway, they kind of did it. Uh, and lo and behold, my dad came back and said, his father was stationed in Arras. And I'd never been at Arras in my life, right? And I was suddenly there. And that night of my birthday, right, I was staying in Arras, right? And I'm going, this is really strange. You know, So a coincidence. And my mum said, it was like, I think it was 8th Battalion, Royal Scots. uh, 7th Battalion. (laughs) And um, I said to Simon, you know, What's the score? And, and Simon's got access. He had access to a lot of um, records and documents and stuff. And he went and checked it out, right? And my granddad William Patterson. He was a miner. He was a coal miner. He was, he was a what I call a shot man. He was the guy that went down and put the hole in the, the coal face and put the explosives in. And he was the one that basically blew them up. And it was a very dangerous job. And it involved a lot of dust, and it, it, eventually that took him out with neumonacosis. But he'd signed up in, in, in Haddington, right, and gone across to the Somme, right? And lo and behold, Simon came back to me and he said, you'll never believe this, but I've actually worked out where your granddad was. And he was basically a sapper, which means he was a guy that dug trenches, he was a miner. So a lot of the miners dug the trenches. And he was assigned to later on to a machine gun... um, He basically dug machine gun pits with the, the machine gun crew, right? But, Simon says, right, the battalion, right, where your grandfather was, he was working on the White City Trench Line, right? And we worked it out. And where I woke up on my birthday, right, I was sleeping about... 20 meters, 25 meters away from where my granddad, William Patterson, dug trenches. That's where he was. That's where he was stationed, right? And it's like, if you think about it, it's like all, I mean, the entire Western Front. I could have been, I could have been Ypres, I could have been, you know, anywhere else, but I ended up on the Somme battlefield in the specific place where my granddad was. And I just, I was blown away by it. I I, that coincidence absolutely floored me, right? And um, later that day, you know, Simon drove us about and he he took us up to um, uh, the ridge. And on this ridge was a, a forest. And it had a presence, a really dark, foreboding, menacing presence. And I'm an ex-forestry worker, right, and I've got, I love woods and trees and, you know, and it was, um, and, uh, and I saw this, this, this wood, and it was, what is it? And he said, that's the high wood, right, and Simon explained it to me, and basically it was the size of it, six football pitches or something, and, um, There was thousands of guys died. There was something like 6,000 guys or something died and the the, the bodies were never found because they were blown up and exploded. Um, They were torn apart. And the thing was that the wood today, right, is basically the same height as it was back in... um, The day before it was torn apart, you know, back in kind of... 1915 and especially in 1916 when it was highly contested, and I had to write about it. And when I came back, I had the Highwood idea in my head, and then Simon got in touch right, again, and he said, "You'll never believe this." But he said, "I've actually traced the the, the kind of um, regimental records and battalion records of your your, your grandfather's unit." And my granddad actually dug trenches in front of the highwood, and one of them in particular that he dug was thistle alley, right? And I just went, Phew. and you can imagine, right? You know, as a writer, I'm just going ping, 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 and I'm going, I have to thread this and and put this together somehow. And you know, I discovered that my granddad, at the age of about uh, uh, twenty year old. Um, he was digging these forward trenches and there were, there were trenches that ran off the main trench so they, 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 they went close up, as close as they could get to the high wood so that the jump off position for the infantry was closer to the wood so they were less, they spent less time in front of the, the, the German machine guns, right? And German fire. And uh, and I worked it out and the high wood was also where it was one of the... the one of the last cavalry charges of, of the war. Um, and there was the, the Declan horse, it was an Indian cavalry unit, actually charged the wood to try and drive the Germans out of the wood in the early stages of the Battle of the Highwood, Battle for the Highwood as, as part of the, the, the Somme offensive. And obviously, you know, there was carnage. And the thing was that those bodies, the horses' bodies, the bodies of the fallen, um, they lay on the ground. And shells came down and blew them up and torn them apart and they tried to bury them and they were exhumed again by the shell blasts and stuff. So my granddad, a 20-year-old, in the middle of the night, because they dug in darkness, right, was digging through what was a cemetery, right, of recently buried and exhumed bodies, parts, right? And I just thought that was horrific. Right? And I remember my granddad, I mean, he, he, you know, like, as everybody knows, I mean... A lot of old soldiers do not talk about the, the war experiences, and my granddad never really talked about it, but, um, and I wanted to write about this and um, and that was where it all started and the thing was it was it was the trees, it was the fact that the trees had grown back and were just about the, the, the same size, you know, and the fact that nature had basically come back in and in the highwoods, to this day. It's owned by, um, I think it's a French banker. It's, it's, it's private land, nobody's allowed to go on it. And seemingly in the Highwood, you know, as with a lot of the battle, battle sites, you know, and, and where it was like heavy devastation. I, mean, I remember that at the end of, of, of the war, it was stumps. But there was so much munition lying, left lying and of course the, the ground, the undergrowth took over. So they couldn't go in there, you know, to, to find the bodies. So a lot of them were left, you know. And it was was body parts. And to this day, there are still enough explosives in the ground that they say that you cannot even light a picnic fire there for the danger of blowing yourself up. There are so many unexploded munitions. And it's all fenced off with barbed wire, you know, because it's owned by this private bank. And nobody's allowed in there. And there are still artefacts rusting, lying inside the wood. And I took all of that, that whole wood thing, the, the, the fact that the trees grew up and there was trees there, there was obviously shrapnel inside them, you know. I remember when I worked in sawmills, it was like... You know there was you know you find a, a bit of metal in it, stuck in the centre of a, a, an old oak or whatever and, and but I mean it was the fact that the wood had triumphed over everything you know and nature had triumphed and that was part of the Feast of Consequences thing and of course with the album cover Mark Wilkinson you know when he started to hear the stuff about the highway Mark went across with Simon and took the photographs and that was why the tree ended up on the front cover of Feast of Consequences. But that was kind of the story of the Highwood and the Highwood battle. I mean, I could talk about this for a, a, quite a while and I can't, right, because I've got to play stuff. So I was going to play a bit more, but I thought I'd play you the intro. If you're interested in it, this is from the album Feast of Consequences. The Highwood started off as going to be a 15-minute song like Rose of Damascus on, on Schmerz, but... It grew and I got involved with Force Patterson and Steve Anson and I put Thistle Alley together and it felt wrong. And it suddenly became, and I had to go up to, it, it was, wasn't, one song wasn't enough. So I had to do, you couldn't do two, you had to do three. So the gathering came to be. And then it was like, then I had Thistle Alley and then I had to find an end section to even up the whole thing. So it became, you know, it, it was like a screenplay. So that was it. That's kind of like uh, a brief Story of the Highwood, and as I said, I'm sure Simon's sitting there going, You got that wrong, you forgot to tell him about this. But, um, but what I'm going to play without any further ado, if I can get this together without making a complete arse of myself by jumping the needle again, turn it up, shut it up. Here we go, here we go, move it across with big, funky fingers. I will not chance moving it on another million, in case I do make that style of scratch and all of you sitting out there go like, what the? The truth I don't
1: want to know. At the end
0: of perfume river. I actually played this to the, the the cabin mice last night and it was uh and they were like oh, oops, where have I gone? Did he did it? Alan Blade, where can you find the new album? It's not on Amazon, it's only fishmusic.scot. This is The Highwood. It was weird because I actually, I played that to the, the Cabin Mice last night and uh, I'd forgotten I did the German part at the end, it was, it was um, the translation, I can't remember what it was now, in, in, the Dunkle Heights, this Hochwaldus, you know, it's basically the translation of what I said in English because I wanted to get that fact over that it was Germans and British, you know, there was different nationalities, I mean, in the highwood, there was I think there was South Africans and New Zealanders involved there as well, and Canadians. Um, but I wanted to get that thing about the two adversaries, you know, being together in the thing in in, in the wood, and it's like you know the stand between stand between the beneath, beneath the trees between the trees. So it was, um, yeah, I forgot about that. But another really interesting thing was for those of you from Keith, that are watching. So the highwood is actually a, an area. Um, um, down in, uh, it was down at Iron Moles Park. There was a place called the Highwood. But, um, yeah, it was, and when we we got that together, it sort of, I loved working on on those series of tracks, on the, the five tracks of the Highwood. It was great. I really loved doing the research. And <laughs> it could have gone on. I mean, there was, a, there was a point where I really had to stop myself because it was, you know, I... I We'd put Steve and, and Foz and, and I and Robin and stuff. We'd put together the five tracks and we, we could have gone on. I, I, when I got to the end, I always wondered, like, I wonder if I can get something. And I, I ended up spending about three, four days researching the assassination in Sarajevo and, um, and with the, um, the Archduke uh, Ferdinand. And... It was all about, I started to read, because I'd been in Sarajevo when I was in, when I was, went out of Bosnia in 96 and I actually stood on the bridge where he, he was, close to where he was assassinated and you kind of, you know, that was, the, you know, the, the shot that rang around the world and it was incredible to be there, you know, and, and be standing there and going, this is where all that carnage began with that, that one pistol shot set the whole thing off, you know. And anyway, I started to research it, and I got really interested. And it was like the little voice at the back of my head was stop, you know. It was um, yeah because I think, I think if it had gone on, I think you know, face the consequences could have evolved in a double album where there was one album was just about <laughs> the highwood and, and World War One, but it was it was getting too much. I think what we did was right, and um, I think the balance was right, and I wanted to keep the high wood the, the wood itself as kind of as a focal point you know i didn't want to start straggling off and going into areas where you know i would have been going down rabbit holes or you know really going down rabbit holes and that stuff but anyway so we shall move on so it's from, that was from feast of consequences it's called the high wood and like i said there's another four songs that go after that maybe i'll play one of them next week if getting a band on the road is too difficult in the future, how about recreating your lounge on stage and doing an audience with type two? Yeah, I'd <laughs> seat my couch out, you know. i might about getting the back of the Skoda. Oh, the is going in for... Yeah, the is going in for an oil change on Monday. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the explanation. Can you please tell me why I'm only getting 33 miles of the gallon in a 1.5, 1.5 litre petrol car? Ah! do. doo doo the songs. Thank you for that, like, Kenny Tate. Um... Angela Hartwell, Highwood, responsible for causing a traffic jam the first time I played it, as I played it in my car. Got so into it, didn't see the traffic lights change. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, darling. Yeah. It's it's the missus. Do we have have something stronger than Erdinger? Yeah, just poured a glass. (laughs) You just poured a glass yourself. How are you feeling through there? No, oh, thank you. There's an empty hand here. Please welcome the missus. Hi, <laughs> Simona. Thank you for voting for Highwood. I love it. I was ah. waiting for that for weeks. <laughs> yeah, grab a seat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, how are you doing, love? Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Do I? <laughs> are, you, are you glad it's Friday? Well, no, not this weekend. No, well, not this weekend. Yeah. We're going to be. <coughs> we're going to be carrying on. The packaging all weekend in between the bulbs. I was telling them about your bulbs about how you'd worked on both sides. The boxes of tulips and everything we've got there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the garlic's arrived. It's, it's garlic. It's autumn garlic planting time. Oh, and the ca- carrots came through The what? The carrots. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I showed them that. Okay. I took them out and showed them the carrots. And I opened our first melon No, it's so sweet. It's absolute. Do you want to try? Is it gone? No. Yeah. No left. It's um. Wow. We grew melons in the greenhouse. We only three of them, and they're very small. Oh wow! And I kept the seeds. Yeah. Wow. That's brilliant. Yeah. These are emu Melons grown in Scotland in a greenhouse. Who sent us the I was um Oh damn I've got a name mm-hmm. uh... me too. No oh, damn she can write me an email Hmm <laughs> You're brilliant Melons Em melons that's stunning. Mmm. You can take this with, with me. Yeah. Everyone. Thank you. What's for tea tonight? It doesn't have a name. It's just um, chicken thighs and slow-cooked in a tomato, chilli, garlic, ginger, spicy sauce. Yeah. With rice. Mmm. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Thank you. Good. Yeah. This is a lady who's been so stressed out, unbelievably stressed out all, all week, yeah. Yeah, you can see how stressed out. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a tough week, and like, I think having the house as well, it's been, you know, I we've not really had a home for the last kind of two weeks because it's just crammed full of cardboard and boxes and stuff, and Rab's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, Rab's been having to drive up to the dump to take the cardboard up and, you know, he's moving the Yorkies out and bringing packages in and, and, you know, we had to get another container for the packages and stuff. So it was like, it's been immense, it's been immense. But that lady has done a brilliant job and I really hugely appreciate what she's done. Clark spinning. I've gone to the dark side and got a wee course of diesel. Oh, no. Andres Dahl, every time you mention the Skoda or the Volvo, I die a little. Andres I don't care. Right. Well. I tell you, I remember Chris Kimsey. I remember he took me out one time and, and it must have been in about oh, it was round about probably clutching time. And he'd be bought a Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, went out in his Ferrari, yeah. and I hated it, it was like, it was the most uncomfortable motor I'd ever been in in my life, and it was like, I, I claim it was the bucket, it was like that, I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy, you know, BMWs, I can't do BMWs, because even though you put the seat down at the lowest position, my head is still rubbing off the roof, which is the bonus of the Skoda, that I do have, you know, it is a big car, it's a big guy's car. But, I mean, um, in all honesty, I wish I'd never... I wish I'd never got it. I, made, I think I made a mistake there. But, oh, uh, well, the other day, the so other i think I'm, when I take it in on Monday, I've got to tell them, I've got to ask them, can you tell me why my mobile phone tries to phone my mobile phone when it locks into the into the car? I keep on going, there's something in here It's strange. It phones me on... And I couldn't stop it, I couldn't cancel it. it. It was like, it just blocked. It just went, phoning Derek, phoning Derek. Right? Well, uh, yeah. Can Dominique Dom Larin Cantaloupe. Uh, I don't know, I've I have do I've never done melons before, right? It was um It is a cantaloupe. It is a cantaloupe. Thank you very much, darling. It comes from a warmer climate than I do. Used to melons. Yes. Matthew Bennett, great t shirt, Simon. likes your t shirt? Sandy Faithful, thank you very much for sending that T shirt up to us. Well, <laughs> Robert Howitt, melons grown in Scotland as if two thousand and twenty couldn't get any more bizarre. Anders so yes have a richtig Hunger. you you know, it's like you have minuten, yeah, you know, then then you know um, chicken provence Haddington, yeah yeah. She's a brilliant cook. And this is the thing we have be cooking, I did mince and Tatties for the cabin mice the other day as well. So, I'll um, be kind of trying to share stuff. Oh, I'll get a laundry out. I, I forgot I put a load in. <laughs> this is the way it works here, right? Mark Townsend, Simone's delightful. You're a lucky man, Fish. Yes, I am. I'm a very lucky man. Uh Pete Faint, thank you. Ian Graham, does your missus by any chance have a single sister? <laughs> no. She's got a brother. <laughs> uh Torsten, now, if you're watching, Torsten, hello, Torsten, I hope you're well, I hope you've recovered from your head accident. Here, <laughs> uh, Cavendish, best regards, Simona, uh, John Smith, say hello, darling, <laughs> Robert Olsen, when you talked about Yorkies, I thought of chocolate, <laughs> Helen Plester love, Simona, you get lots of, lots of comments here, darling, you yeah. we Wayne Baldy, uh, Paul Hammersley, do you reckon you write folk songs? Folk songs being stories and such? No, it's like, I was never really into folk music. I was, um, I mean, the closest I really got to folk music was basically, I was a big fan and still am a big fan of Fairport Convention. And um, I was great, I got to know Peggy and the guys and stuff. Now, Simon and Peggy and all that, but beautiful people, really beautiful people. And I've had a couple of great nights with with, with Peggy and his, his missus. So and I miss them, you know. In fact, I miss so many people, you know. It's like as we all do, you know. It's just it's just fucking crazy, you know. Steve Vances, is. I mean, I've I've not seen Steve. It's, I think this is the longest period in my life that I've not seen Steve Vances. You know, the last time I saw Steve was basically in March, and you know, and he was actually on the phone. He was painting windows in his house that so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. Sometimes people do strange things that you'd never expect them to be able to do. That's Steve is painting windows. Right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so Steve was saying, like, he'd love to, he wants to come up. <laughs> he says, okay, I'll come up and help you with the packing. Right. <laughs> Bored. Right. Yeah. John Mullen, hello from Ventura. Thanks a for all the hard work in getting the album to us all. Wow, you poor... <laughs> That's the other thing, it's amazing watching the albums go out to some of these places. And the other thing is because, thank God, we actually, we thought ahead, right? I and mean, we got those, you know, click and drop um, stickers. So we've got electronic customs data stickers and we've got the printed CN22 stickers. I mean, when I think, and we were talking about this, one and I, if we were in a situation like with the old mail system we had, it would have, it would have collapsed. We would it would have actually collapsed, right? And um, you know the fact that you know we had to you used to have to hand write all the CN twenty twos. Or the, you know it's um, now it's electronic custom data and electronic custom data stickers. And the thing is that like, it really helps, and we're actually noticing that the mail is getting to people a lot faster. I still think it's far too expensive, but at least you know. The computers, it's going through the computers and it's getting into South America, which we always had problems with. In fact, what was it? We, we, we just got uh, a package which will be contacting the, 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 the fella. And Venezuela, it was sent in... When was it? May. Yeah. It was sent in May on the old system before we switched across to the Fuse Metric system and before we moved it kind of click and drop and things. And uh, it was May it came back. It's, it's been... What's that? May, June, May, June, July, August, September. Five months. It's taken five months for that package to come back to us. <laughs> and sometimes they just appear at the blue. It's like you get this kind of like tatty tired package. <laughs> it comes in looks like it's been taken out one of those kind of what do you call them? The boxes they put in the ground, you know, the time capsules. <laughs> it's like it's come out a time capsule. There yeah, you are. He didn't, what? he didn't even contact us. No, he's yeah, not contacted yeah. us, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been refunded. I've been Okay. Ray Rooks, my ancestor was Errol, Errol de Caneloop. <laughs> Bizarre. Uh-huh. Johnny McElheran, just wonderful discovering the story behind. I would thank you. It's, there, there's a lot more stuff going on there. Like I said, you know, Rob <laughs> Dugmore loving the rock star life. I see. Oh, Darling, yeah. can you get BBC on your phone? The BBC Sports website. Oh. Hey, because just trying to find it. It's now three minutes into the Hibs game. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to be. Too, it's going to be too much to play Waverley. I have to play something else. Let's just play the title track. It's on. The, I've got the. No, the vinyl's on. Shit. Um. Yeah. I have to get this sorted out. Uh da 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 Where's the sleeve? Ah no oh, no 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 shit ah. See this is where arms you I moved this sleeve where is it? Ah bollocks I'll sort it out later on uh ah, Because time is getting short I can't play Waverly steps. Because I know you all want to get into your various bits and pieces. No, I tell you what. I know what we'll play. Ah. Turns it down. This is a good one. Right, you got to come on. I want to play this for Ian. You rub an email and I told you wanted to of this. This is for you. I hope your news is great. Let's finish with something a bit upbeat. Did you say the first, say the first thing just? No, I'll do it after, but you got to come through. <laughs> Ian, this is for you, mate. Hope you get good news. To be With Peruvian coffee The glorious mountain in the sun Listening to a song about mysterious Whiskey From the voice Of a man Long gone Monitor Screen A black window I'm ignoring The knockout door I'm in the night take my time for it over the menu just make sure you keep bringing the wine I feel I feel Jesus question Do we honest all we can i have I'm happy moment am i must happy Okay everybody out there. I won't let you Grab the person nearest to you. Ladies think. and gentlemen, it's the Trondheim Waltz. With a smile as big as the moon Worship you, I feel love tomorrow A whistle and uplift in June. What giving out? I won't let you bring me down I won't let you bring me down I won't let you bring me down Not today I won't let you bring me down I won't let you bring me down I won't let you bring me down May I turn the volume down, darling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Five minutes. Um, yeah. No, just turn it down. Oh. And ah, that's it. Ah. And so, we come to the end of another Fishing Friday. But I'll be on the big TV, on the national TV, on Gardener's World, and I think it's an hour on BBC Two. What are you gonna all about onions? <laughs> it's um Paul Cavender, unfortunately on my own. You do your arms like that. Like, you know, remember that one? You just did that. What make is your record deck and speakers, please? The speakers are Kef's. They are the, my beautiful Kef monoliths. They're so great. Thousands, I think they're called. And the deck is a Torrens TD Mark II with an Audio Technica cartridge. And the, the CD player will be back next week. So it's like, guys, <coughs> the guys, um, like I said, Darren, Darren Moore and Mike Bonnett, Mike Bonnet, Bonnet and Phil, connected to distribution and audio, and audio elevation. Thank you very much for the effort. It didn't arrive, but it will be here next week. And I'm really looking forward to getting my CDs up and running again. And the cabin mice will love it as well. One of the things I've got to tell you is um, Adam in particular, Adam was the one who had his 18th birthday, Jamie plays guitar, right? Steve Vances gave my stepson, right? Liam, a bass guitar and he's learning it and he's getting good at it. And they're also, but it's really weird. They're getting really into kind of like, kind of technical music and stuff. And they actually were like gentle giant. They went, wow, right? So they go and noodle. We actually they go through to the control room sometimes. And after they've done the shifts, and they go through Liam gets his bass out, and, and Jamie gets his guitar out. And they're actually starting to get grooves together. And we're just showing them all this, all this, this music. But one of the things, when Adam was here, it's, I said, I'm going to play you, and explained the final cut, uh, Pink Floyd's album, The Final Cut. And uh, as I thought, this, you know, it's a testing album. It's not that, it's, it's an acquired taste for Floyd fans, I think, The Final Cut. It's, it's more like a Roger Waters solo album, as you probably know. Anyway, I played them and explained all about kind of Margaret Thatcher and Galtieri and you know the Falkland Islands and what was going on and all the background to it because they weren't even born then, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I played it to them and Adam in particular got really into the lyrics and um, and I got up the next day and I had my my my, my Japanese my Japanese wardrobe on, you know, my my dressing gown, and I was through in the I was through in the control room and I was you know answering emails and stuff. And the next thing I hear, the strings are the final cut. And the guys the guys had put on the final cut to play the next morning because they, they liked the album so much. And it's great. That's the thing about music, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, with the, the situation we're, we're, we're in at the moment, you know, it's, music's kind of become more important. And I think, you know, and I hope Welchmats is kind of making a lot of people feel better about everything. You know, it, there's... I, I, I had three interviews this morning. One with... I had a Polish interview... It seems like a, it's like a bar joke, you know. I had uh, it was um, was it? an Italian, a, Italian, a Polish, and a Spanish interview this morning, and they were great. It was um, especially the the, the 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 Polish one, which was from uh, Radio uh, Radio Poznan, and then Gonzalo from Spain, and we were talking about all this, and you know he was very he was waxing very lyrical about about the album, and he was saying that you know he played it, and I've had a couple of emails from other people saying that they played it, and. You know, they they were kind of dreading it a little bit because, uh, you know, the content, what they knew about the content. And but they said that at the end of it, they felt uplifted. And I was glad because that's what I tried to achieve was to write a, a very dark album that had kind of like a positive vibe at the end. And that's what I want. I like positive vibes. And, you know, and this is coming to an end as well. Um, I talked about COVID before. I'm not going to do it again, right? And tonight, but all I will say, right, Birthday wishes. Who's the birthday wishes to love? Where was it again? What, what did you give? Did you give me all my debris? Here. No, 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 no. Here. Oh, here. Yeah, I'm just got a couple. Of... I know you're busy, so I'll keep it short. A happy birthday to Christian Drusen. A Happy birthday, Christian Drusen. He's loved you since he went to a concert in a Sports Centre in Swansea before my time, when. He was a teenager and loved and followed you since. He introduced me to you. You're now part of our story. He's my 13th star. It took us a long time to find each other and the magic views helps. So thank you. Lots of love. Teddy and Kitty. That's from Andrea Healy. And it's like, and it's a happy birthday to Christian Judson. I like these kind of things. Terry Wogan used to do this kind of stuff on the radio. right? And um, also I also have to ask, um, this is from um, Rob Harrell, right? And Rob Harrell says, happy birthday to my wife Claire Harrell in Shrewsbury because her birthday's on Sunday. So happy birthday, Claire. It is is Terry Wogan, isn't it? Maybe that's what I should be. I should be the next Terry Wogan. Oh. Hello and welcome to the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I raise a glass to you. Thank you very much for all your patience. For those of you who are still waiting on the album, it's coming. We're doing our best to get it to you. It'll come. But but to everybody who's bought it, thank you very, very much. You've um, really helped us out here. And it's been superb. Um, I just want you to just, you know, look after yourselves and and follow the rules. I say this at the end of every programme. You know, they're there for a reason. They're not just done to irritate people. They're actually there for a very, very good reason. So, I raise a glass. Stay your social distance. Wash your hands and wear a mask when you're going out, and just take care, right, and stay alive. Slange Thank you. And I'll see you all next week. OK. Bye.